Hi, I'm Jim. And I'm David. And this is the Practical Guitarist Podcast. The podcast for people who eat, sleep, and breathe guitar. David here, reminding you of all the ways you can participate in the Practical Guitarist Podcast. Subscribe using your chosen podcast app. Take the time to put in a review with the service where you found our podcast, like iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. Get involved. Find our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash practical guitarist. You can also find us on Twitter as at practguitarist. If you're interested in supporting the show, we have launched a Threadless store at practicalguitaristpodcast.threadless.com. If you'd like to donate money to the show, there's always Patreon. Our Patreon is available at patreon.com slash practicalguitarist. If you'd like to reach out to us directly, you can do so at questions at practicalguitarist.com. On with the show. Hi, Jim. Hi, David. I'm on the ball today. I have my, I have my finger on the record button when I started counting down. It was kind of nice. That's Normally, awesome. I'm like moving the mouse around at one. I'm like, where is it? <laughs> did you fix did you fix the bumper no uh, no and i'm not are, going to as long as you're no are, the, are people going to subscribe or prescribe they're going to prescribe they're going to prescribe to our channel um, they should have a prescription to it the only the only prescription is more cowbell more cowbell christopher walken was right mm-hmm. um, um so we just we've been trolling yeah. the interwebs right before the episode night and, and i think we'd be remiss if we don't cover this right up front Yep. Uh, so boss has announced that there will be some new Waza pedals on the way. Uh, I believe it was Monday or Tuesday. Um, and they put a little teaser video and I immediately, so I watched a teaser video and you can see that they have the stack knobs, which is a concept that they've used on a couple of their pedals. But the only one I can think of offhand is the metal zone. Um, so I immediately thought they're doing a Waza craft metal zone and it looks like it may be confirmed at this point because there's been a leak of yep. some images, but they could easily be Photoshopped. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me. Um, you know, the metal zone is a pedal that's been around since what, like 1991, 19, you know, 90 ish. Um, it, yep. it phased out the HM2, which is now highly sought after has a very different sound. Um, people hate this thing. And I think it does kind of get an unfair rap. Um, I've seen, especially lately, there've been a lot of videos of people plugging it into the effects loop on their amp and yeah. getting really good sounds out of it. Um, uh, and I'll, I, I'll go ahead. I'll, I'll withhold judgment on that. Well, until you've seen the clips, you can't really say anything, Jim. Oh, I did. I watched several. I watched did uh, you watch Ryan. A, did you watch Ola watched, England's clip? Yep. I watched, okay, uh, so you watched Ola. Yep. I watched Ola. I watched, uh, Robert. Um, yeah. So without, without watching Ola's clip, I could see how I'd still be like, eh. but I, I think the metal zone is a very particular pedal, Jim. It's not for you. So you can no. turn your nose firmly in air if you like, but there are guys out there that will use it. No, no, no. I'm not, I, I'm not, again, there, there's only inappropriate tone. Right. Tone, tone is not bad. Tone is, is good or well, bad. Think, uh, it meets the situation it's in. I think there are situations where you can have a bad pedal, though. And I don't mean like an inappropriate pedal. What I mean is by a bad pedal, like a pedal that doesn't, it's very hard to set the way you want it to sound. And it, it'll do that sound, but it's very finicky or it has to, you know, it has to have certain things on the board in order for it to work properly. Or you have to go direct through that pedal into the effects loop of an amp like metal zone. 
or, you know, those kind of quirky things that are like, this pedal is really not that flexible. And so I think that would, at least in my mind, would make, would qualify it as a not so great pedal. Again, doesn't mean you can't get good stuff out of it. It just means that it's, it's got a very specific use and it can be hard to live with. I think that there would be a, um, given what the uh, pedal is and the results of the testing, I think that it wouldn't be a bad idea for somebody to go out and find a few pedals that don't work in the front end of an amp and try them in um, the in the, um, uh, the effects, effects loop. Because let's face it, there's a good possibility that it's because it's really not meant to go in the front of a front end of a you know of certain amps. I don't think the wa I don't, the wasica the metal zone was actually designed to do that. I think the metal zone is a happy accident. I think it was designed to go because it doesn't have any cabinet modeling, so it's not built for direct. I don't know what it was designed for because it sounds like ass through uh, literally anything you plug it into, unless it you does. do something very specific to the EQ to make it you know work properly with with your equipment. But it's it's a super finicky pedal and it's super hard to adjust. And I've seen guys successfully use it, and I'm not saying you can't do that. I'm just saying it's it's a hard pedal to live with. Now this was a craft thing. Like if we can speculate on the features, I this is what I think they should have done. Whether they did this or not remains to be seen, or whether they actually made a, a was a craft metal zone still remains to be seen because this is a leak. Um, I would suggest that they put the switch, the was a switch, and on the switch you have an HM2 sound that you can switch to because for players that are into that specific tonality, oftentimes they can cross those pedals and say, okay, I want either a metal zone or I want an HM2. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a good level of functionality. The other thing is I would like to see if they had like a switchable, um, a switchable uh, cabinet modeling option. Right. So then you can just take the amp out of the equation for people who bitch that, you know, it doesn't sound good through their Marshall stack or their, or their fender combo then they can you know find another way i'm just saying that there might be other pedals that the reason they sound like ass no matter what you do is because they're going into the front end of an amp and whether or not they're designed you know in that um for that purpose they're they actually would do a better job yeah in, i think I mean, it, think about it so the, think about the boss so the metal zone obviously boss probably did design it to go into the front end of the amp it's working better in the in the um in the effects loop. What about the DS1? Which, you know, has anybody tried that? I've I mean, had I've had good success running the DS1 out in front of amps. I think it's a far more usable pedal than the Metal Zone is, in my opinion. Yeah, but it's it's uh, you have to resist the urge to push the to push the tone control above noon. You have to you, you resi- really you have to resist the urge to <laughs> turn it on. You have to resist. The, yeah, I was gonna say to push past one. <laughs> No, I, I so it, it so the 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 um the DS1 has a very specific sound that it goes for and I don't think most people are looking for that sound. Okay? I think it's they almost I I always felt that that pedal was kind of modeled on a DoD grunge. And if you oh. and if you've ever played with a DoD grunge, they sound like ass. Um oh. so I don't like grunge. I can believe that. So I think they upgraded a lot of the, you know, a lot of what it does, they looked at the circuit. They said, okay, so we can kind of make a pedal that does sort of the same thing. And they did it with higher quality components and stuff. And you know what? It's it's a standard distortion pedal. I mean, you, yeah. 
I think all of us specialize so much in our sound, especially guitar players, where, I mean, we've talked about this before, but other musicians, they don't give a shit what cables are using. It's just that they, they just don't care. Um, I think for, for guitar players, we specialize so much in our dirt sound specifically that, like, it's really easy for us to take a general use pedal like a Boss DS1 and go, this is horrible, because it doesn't do anything very well. That's right. exactly it. Um, exactly. So the uh, the other pedal in their lineup, which we haven't touched on, is the Dimension C Chorus. So apparently yes. that's going to be the other one. I could definitely see them bringing back a chorus, but I'm also kind of yeah. weirded out because I thought I thought there already was a Waza chorus. I thought uh, they did the CE2. I was just looking at the Waza Craft line. I thought they did a CE2. Back there. And I don't remember seeing... Uh, yeah, no, they have the, a CE2W. That's the Boss Waza Craft course. Where'd it go? Oh. Yeah, Boss's site's a little antiquated. No, sorry, it's my sorry, uh, folks. Let me dance. Let me dance for you while we're waiting. <laughs> no, it's my uh, thing. So they've only got um, yeah, they've the only got blues four, driver. I think they got four pedals, right? The blues driver, the overdrive, and the delay are the only ones they're listing on their site. Yeah, special edition stops. So no, that's, that's not that's not, not accurate, Jim. That's I'm looking right at their site. I'm at I, boss. I, I understand that, but they have a ce two ce two w that's a Wazacraft pedal. I believe it. I'm just so saying. that's what I'm saying that they don't have three <laughs> or you said they got four? more than three. They got. Yeah. So they have the blues driver. They have uh, the super overdrive, right? They have the delay. That's three. Four is the chorus. Yeah, I'm trying to get to where they list their pedals. Their site sucks ass. Well, I don't think they're they've listed. So you can't see all the watercraft pedals on one page together. Yeah, there think. it is. So, yeah, there, I uh, yeah. Well, you can see all the pedals together. Yeah, but just, just not, not the, all the Wazagraph pedals. Right. So, so they've got the Blues Driver listed. I'm talking about listed on the on the page that um, the Blues Driver, the uh, chorus, and the um, delay. So why have another chorus? Why bring the CE5? Oh, that's why, I know why. That's why I'm beginning to wonder if this leak is legitimate or not. I know why. Hold on a second. Because the CE5... What does the CE5 have that no, CE2 no, no, no. doesn't have? It's, so the CE2 is an analog chorus. It's an older one? It is uh, an analog chorus. It is their, like, premier analog chorus. And why ago. would you bring the CE5? Well, the CE5, then, is digital. Correct. Yes. yes. All right. So why would they not want to bring in a... I, I always wonder why somebody would buy a TU3W. Why would you buy the TU3W? Yeah, so the Wazacraft TU3 has switchable has a switchable buffer. Ah, uh, you can switch a buffer on and off. Yeah, uh, that's useful. It's just for certain people. I th- I think that's what it is, if I recall correctly. Yeah, it's something like that. It is actually because I because I originally poo pooed it too, and then I looked at it. I was like, well, okay. I don't know that I would pay two hundred dollars for that as a tuner. I mean, I can no. go get, I can go get a Peterson for that. Um, exactly. So if you guys haven't Peterson used Peterson Stroll. tuners, those are great. Um, yeah. Uh, so he- here's a couple things. I was actually kind of surprised that this leak didn't include a DS1. Was right. Because I thought that would be the one they would want to do before. Because I know a lot of people hate the Metal Zone, but there are a lot of people that hate that DS1 too. 
And I and I kind of thought that's what they would do. Now, the funny part about all this is, um, you know, they've moved on from the from the metal zone sound. They've got like what the Ibanez Metalcore, um, yep. which I I think that's a digital pedal, but they've got some other ones too. They've got the Mega Distortion and the Turbo Distortion, and um, I, the Angry Driver now. And actually, if you if you haven't had a chance to check out the Angry Driver, I recommend it. It's a it's a good sounding pedal. Um, I so the Angry Driver is it's an interesting thing because it's a collaboration between them and GHS, but it also sets up the fact that Boss can do really really good drive sounds, which has always been yeah. kind of like their Achilles heel for a lot of people. Maybe you like the Super Overdrive or the Blues Driver, but the vast majority of the dirt pedals they do are kind of like hit or miss. Um, for most people. So I would expect that they'd be looking at that and going, we need to make a new metal zone, like an MT three and, and call it something else, you know, metal master or something. And, um, you know, basically revamp that pedal uh, or, you know, the DS one needs to be, needs to be touched at. And I think that could have been done with the Wazacraft pedal. Cause we all know there's enough mods done to the DS one to make it sound well, decent. So they have the deep di- the deep dive version of the DS1, the DS1X. So you've got the the OD1X, the DS1X, the CP1X, the bass compressor X, and the brace. Comp- uh, I would argue that DS1X. I know it. I know that they want to say that it's like, oh, it's a DS1 with more EQ. That does not sound like a DS1 at all. Um, I, I, I'm just saying they've got a more expensive version of the DS one already sitting out there. Yeah. I, I guess from the product lineup standpoint, if they feel like that actually accomplishes what they say it does, which I I've used, which it, yeah, I, I haven't used it. I haven't even seen one to be completely honest. Yeah. Most places wouldn't stock them. <laughs> I, the only reason I asked about the CE five is because I have an old, 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 I, I think was it CE three before it was. CE5? Yeah. I think you have a CE three. Cause I think you showed it to me yeah. at some point and I thought it was a CE3. Yeah. It was made in Japan. Um, really old. Um, late eighties, early nineties model. Um, I want to say it was an 80, 89 or ninety. I bought it, so it was. It would have been uh, um, real old. It's, I, it's really, really old. I think the I think the Waza line in general, because I know that's like their 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 answer to boutique brands. The Waza yeah. line in general, they make good quality pedals, but I've never been like enamored with any of the Waza versions. No, no, I, I've never played a Waza where I went. You know what? That's a, I have that's to worth have an that. extra eighty bucks, right? I, 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 if I was going to spend that kind of money at that point, I've already jumped into, um, either some boutique yeah, or I mean, into like, um, it's hard to make uh, that justification at that point. Right. So I actually, Philip McKnight said, said it best, I think, cause I was watching him do his little boss board that just rolled across my YouTube the other day. Um, and he says, uh, I've got Waza versions of a lot of these pedals. And he says, uh, I actually prefer the standard version. And that's very telling because yeah. I, because I think like for the super overdrive and the blues driver, they ain't broke. You didn't need to do anything. They were fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the only DS one I really want to get my hands on that is kind of special edition is just the black one. I like I to have want, a black one. I don't even want that. I do. Black. It's, kind, yeah, it's yeah, black with black. orange Here, instead of orange. Send it to me. I'll get some Krylon and we'll take care of it for you, Jim. Shut yeah. up. <laughs> I'll get Shut my brother up. to paint it. He pays cars for a living. He'll do a real good job. I promise. I'm sure he would. Um, I'm sure he would. It's, oh, uh, it was his birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, John, I think if, if you're listening. I think, 
you know, looking at the at the current Wazacraft, I, I finally have the Wazacraft page up. So you have a tuner, a chorus, a driver, a vibrato, a delay, and an overdrive. Really, the the only thing they don't have is a distortion pedal. So honestly, <laughs> so the metal zone is their their uh, their preferred the distortion zone, pedal. The metal zone is a possibility, but honestly, I cannot see like for the very same reason you were just you and I were just saying that we wouldn't buy the Wazacraft version. I mean, if you had a CE2 and a CE2W, would you buy the CE2W over the CE2? No, but the thing is they don't produce a CE2 anymore. Right. That's the only reason you'd buy the CE2W. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Why would you buy a Metal Zone Wazacraft? It would be it would it would be trolling another hundred would be hilarious but it, it wouldn't be the worth the i gotta production see i gotta value. see i gotta see the fe- feature set i have to because yeah. there are things they could do like i said to make that pedal marketable for the price that it is because it does sound good if you do certain things with it and i honestly they could tweak the eq and they could and they could put a, a cabinet modeling simulation on it you know switchable and that would i mean that would put it over the top for a lot of guys um, and I, if they put an HM2 in the box along with the regular Metal Zone circuit, they're going to sell. They will sell because they, H- Jim, that HM2 pedal, people, there's a market for it. People are buying them used for like 30 years ago. They're falling apart. True. But that's, I mean, I, okay, so that's the only way. I mean, yeah, you could switch that. You could put it, really what you'd be doing is re releasing the HM2. Yep. I mean, let's face it. Because they'll probably do like they have the other ones where they have a um, the, the switch it goes from S to C, you know. Uh-huh. So they'll go, okay, here's the HM2 side of it, and that's probably where you're going to leave it. All right, can we can we talk about the other product launch that I've been uh, raving about in the groups since we're, since we're uh, already on the subject? Yep. The right. um, so we're going to talk about the Fillmore um, 25, right? Yeah. No. So I'm going to start off because because uh, I'm you know I've played the Fillmore several times now and I wanted yeah. one. Um, I, I have a really bad taste in my mouth with Mesa right now. And I, I, it's not that I think they're putting out an inferior product or anything like that. I just don't like the business practice of what they just did because, um, so you bring out a new amp line, right? Uh, look at, look at how boss did their, did their Katana when it came out. It's a perfect example. They came out with the 50, the head and the 100 watt uh, combo. And I think the 212 came out at the beginning as well as as well as the cabinet so they pretty much had a full range of performance amplifiers right out of the gate when it came out so when the Fillmore comes out they announced the 50 watt combo and the 50 watt head and you know a cabinet to match right fine no problem the problem is 90 within 90 days which i think it was less than that i think it was two months they announced they're going to have a half wattage version and a small oh. format head, but the same feature set as the big one. So what do you do if you bought the big boy and you were really wait- wanting the 25 watt? You didn't know it was coming. They should have at least announced it and said the 25 watt is in production. It won't be available until this date. Well, okay. Let me ask you, isn't the 25 watt, I thought I was looking at it earlier today. Wasn't the 25 watt a 25 slash 18? No. Or is it 25 no. slash 1? No, the 25 watt head. 25. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. So, and, and here's, my, here's my real issue. 
Um, and I don't have the pricing in front of me, so I'm going to go off memory. It was fourteen hundred dollars, if I remember your thing earlier today. It was thirteen ninety nine yes, for the head. Correct, thirteen ninety nine for the head. Fourteen ninety nine. No, thirteen ninety nine for the head. Fourteen ninety nine yeah. for the big boy head. Yeah. So what? What sense does it make? Because it's switchable down to twenty five watts. I'm sorry, That's what I'm saying. but nobody's looking at it and going, "Oh, I want six v sixes versus six l sixes." Right. I, I if you are, I I don't know why. I mean, I I kind of understand, but I I don't so think the it's, 50, if the fifty will switch to twenty five. What's the point of buying the twenty five? There there isn't one. That's why I said that they basically just like screwed themselves out of a sale. If they'd had the price tag dropped another hundred bucks, I probably would have been like, all right, this makes sense to me because I'm never going to use the fifty watt mode anyway. Um, well, if you need it, it's there. That's just it. If I throw it into 25 watt mode, then I have the 25 watt head. Well, that's what I'm but saying. I but, if I buy the 50, che- but if I buy the cheap one and I never use the right. 50 watt mode, you know, if it's $200 cheaper, like I could see that, but it's only $100 cheaper. That's what I'm saying. You're not really saving anything. You're not. And, and I think they fucked themselves because you can get a Mark V for $100 more than the 50 watt Fillmore head, the Mark V 25. So unless you need the wattage, which that's a whole other thing, because because I um I've played the combo, they're not loud. They're not like a typical Mesa where they're like rip your ears off. They have a very um uh, laid back speaker in them, and so I don't. I mean, yeah, it's great for headroom. Like you can play it at home and it, you'll get great sound. But you're gonna go to a gig, like you're gonna have to turn that thing all the way up and put your tubes under stress and stuff to make sure you know to to make sure you got a volume. In fact, I had I saw some people on the gear page saying they bought them and returned them because they weren't loud enough. Um, really? Yes. See, that's why I'm saying, why wouldn't you want the 50 watt head? This no, point? this is the 50 watt I'm talking about, Jim. Wow. Yep. Wow. I'm not. Yeah. So I, I should distinguish that the 50 watt apparently to some people is not loud enough. It's not loud enough. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, I, I played it. I thought it was kind of quiet, but I did. But I, you know, for me, like I'm gonna mic it up anyway, so it really didn't make that much of a difference for me. And I think most of your modern guys are going to mic it up, but I guess it's not necessarily true because their guys are turning it. So, so is this the is this the gear you're not buying? I think I'm going to pass on the Fillmore. Yeah, um, I don't blame you. And it's you know I, honestly like I might pick one up used in a year or two or something when they when the prices come down a little bit, but I cannot justify when my because I looked at the price of the Mark V and I go. I've got a Mark Five Twenty Five. Like it's it's one hundred fifty dollars more or whatever than the than the fifty watt. It's 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 negligible, and I get two channels with a lot more options. Um, right. Plus, you get your effects loop, your reverb. It's you know foot switchable, all that stuff. Um, compact head EL eighty fours, which to my to my ears sound better than six v sixes. I know that six v sixes, according to some people, have reliability problems too, and that's why a lot of amp companies shy away from using them. I'm not going to lay on that. I'm not a tube engineer. So, um, but, um, I just, I looked at the price tag and I looked at the fact that Mesa pretty much screwed their customers because if you, if you were, cause I, I, I'm still sitting here waiting for the fifth, for the 25 watt version of the, the triple crown. Like right. I, I know it's going to be coming. Like at some point they're going to do a 25 water version of that. And if they yeah. don't, they're missing out on a huge part of the market. But I'm I'm kind of sitting there like and I'm scratching my chin as I say this, but um, I'm I'm scratching yes, my is, chin, thinking about the fact oh. that you know 
they they let their customers down by by playing that game of oh well you want the twenty only the twenty five watt version in a smaller format head well it'll be available but uh, we're not going to tell you about it so you'll have to buy the fifty watt version first and then you'll have to trade it in or sell it off to get the the real one they they pulled a bait right. and switch it's bullshit and yeah. I, I'm sorry I don't I you know I'm a pretty loyal Mesa guy I like their amps but that was ridiculous that's the first time they've ever done something like that that really kind of harkens back to the fact that they they screwed their customers yeah you are and uh for those who are not regular listeners dave loves two things gnls and mesa yeah i mean and Um, and it's not that i won't stray from those brands either um i probably will absolutely my next amp is probably not going to be a mesa at this point i mean that's yeah that's you know again that's a that's a big letdown in my opinion um you know the Lone Star is my favorite, you know, as you know. Yeah, because you but, have um, Yeah. But, I, I, you know, I just can't see why anybody would spend the money on the 25. I, I just wouldn't do it. I would buy the 50, and I would have the, I would have the other wattage on. on yeah, and so, and so would I. For $100, why would I, why would I even bother with the 25? Well, never mind the fact that to get the matching cab, you're going to pay four to 500 unless it, bucks. Unless it costs, like, you know, it, or I mean, weighed like half. Maybe that was a that was an issue. Well, but it, amp weight is not as big a deal as guitar weight. I mean, you know, you're only talking about ten pounds, twenty pounds on a you know. Let's 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 back up a, a little bit further and look at how this how the Fillmore twenty five sits in the market yes. sits in the marketplace. Right, it's a one by twelve six v six powered combo with oh. two channels that are focused yeah. on cleaner slightly dirty sound right it does have a high gain okay. channel but it doesn't get it's not anything like what you're going to so get out a of gain, a rectifier or a right mark, so we're in the gamey fender category right so i'm looking at the deluxe reverb right now the 65 reissue for eleven yep. $1, hundred dollars yeah now why would i right. that's the problem so if they'd have gone if they just said all right we're going to put our amp out at 1250 and split yep. the difference they probably would be selling a lot more because I'll be honest with you. The Fillmore is much better than a deluxe reverb reissue. Right. Okay. So I just don't, I, I, well, I just don't understand why. Um, I have they, no they, 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 it, local deal. Yeah. Well, I know, but I'm just saying that it's a, well, there are, there basically are no Mesa local dealers anymore. I mean, there's there's a handful here in Chicago and yeah we had they one do in New- exist, well it's but- still there there's one in upstate New York that I go to when I go up and visit family I um I go to this one Parkway Music in uh, Clifton Park New York and that's one of the few I mean people from the city come up there to play mesas mm-hmm. so well and the other thing is that uh, they don't have the dealer network they used to because they basically said we're not going to do that shit of letting Guitar Center buy amps without paying for them. Yep. Um, so, and that's fine. I mean, that's, that's their prerogative and they've always been kind of a niche fringe brand where you could, you know, they, they look like one of the big three, but they're really not. Um, well, it's kind of like um, when you go into a restaurant, you have no, uh, no prices on the menu. You yeah. Can't kinda, afford it. Kind of, you know, you can't, well, you, I know. Mean, they, you can get the prices. That's not a problem. They just want to do a lot of direct sales. Is basically what it boils down to, and that's the that's because well, that's always been their model, right? But I'm just saying it's it's if you don't want it, screw you. 
you know, you, you know, you, you're going to pay our prices and that's what it is. Cause I mean, you know, if, unless you're looking at a used one, you, there is no wiggle room in Mesa's. Cause like you said, nope. they're not crazy about, right. You ask your, you ask your um, retailer, they're not crazy about uh, passing on savings. Um, Rickenbacker was can. the same thing. They did that. And, they have strict price control at Mesa because yep. of what happened with Guitar Center. And Rickenbacker was the same thing. Rickenbacker um, uh, pulled back from Guitar Center. They said it was um, other stuff, but the truth of the matter is, because I've talked to people who are in retail and who did sell and do sell Rickenbacker, you cannot publish a price of a Rickenbacker instrument. No. They they have strict pricing control on that. So, and it's more than Mesa, in fact, because Mesa is allowed to sell online if you have a certain uh, certain dealer level. Um, right. There's very few companies that have that ability. Sweetwater's one of them. Um, yep. But yeah, I mean, I just look at this and I go, it doesn't make sense to price the amp the way they priced it, given that yes, it's it's definitely got a higher quality cabinet. I'll bet you it has yep. fewer components. It has bigger iron. Okay, so there's, yep. you know they they are obviously they are saving some some labor here and there. Um, I think yep. that the the the, reiss- the deluxe fever reissue is not made in the states. So, you know, I get, I get like 150 or 200 bucks more, but the price that they put on it, it just doesn't make sense. Yep. Um, so that's, that's my two cents. Yeah. You know, I'm sure they'll sell a lot of them, but they're not going to sell one to me. And, uh, at least not, not new. I'll probably buy used when it, when it comes time. If you, yeah. If you have the chance. Yeah. Um, well, it's not, if it's, if I want one, I mean, I'll just buy one off reverb. I don't care. Yeah. But. Well, you know me. I'm not. I'm not that easy yeah, to. I know you can't. You you can't join the 20th century. I get it. I can't. I can't. I know. I get it. All right. So um, with that, um, you know that I'm in Stratocaster market right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm looking at probably getting a Stratocaster next few months. Um, I want to get a good one. I'm kind of tossed, and this is a, a huge price difference. Folks. You didn't buy that 70s one yet? No. Um, kind of tossed between getting an American professional and a player's model. The player's model is in the 650 category, comes with no, no case candy. It doesn't even come with a, a bag. The um, American professional um, is 1400 right. has the hard shell case, the case I, candy. I'm feel, but I'm I, not, I, I know that that $700 is not that's not something to cover a case. You can buy many cases for $700. That's not what I'm saying. So you're looking at new. What now. are your feelings? You're looking, what are at, your feelings you're looking at new now, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I would. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I was completely ignoring what you were saying. <laughs> Blow it out your ass. I'm feeling really saucy tonight. I know, so I'm gonna, I know, but you know what? I'm you gonna, know, I, you know, cause you sat with me the other night and yeah, you saw that there's like two Stratocasters on sale in my whole area. Yep. It's it's ridiculous, it's, yeah. folks. There was I like two this. reasonable ones. And it was funny because yeah. we did a search of everything in Virginia and we found like, there was like, I think there's like 50 or something in this whole state. But most the of them weren't state. even in driving distance. It was pretty yeah. bad. Yeah. And and the other side of it is, yeah, because I'm not going to drive um, three and a half hours to D.C. to find out that, you know. Yeah, it sucks. And, right. We actually found, what did we find? Two or three reasonable guitars. Yeah, we, we found in, two or three that were reasonable. In Virginia and North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so here's what, here's, I, this is, so now you're talking about going new and getting either an American professional or, or players. Here's my question for you. Um, 
and I'm going to get real candid, and it's probably going to get ugly, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Okay. How, lo- how long are you going to need this guitar for? As I mean, long as I'm playing in a in a funk band. I'm just saying, exactly. So I'm just saying, like, is it the smart decision to buy, to go whole hog and get the American professional up front if this band only lasts six months or nine months or a year? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that is one side of it. There's no question about it. Right, But right. you and I both know, I've been talking a long time that I got a Strat. The other thing I would do with it, if if I wound up leaving this band and I went to something else, I'd try to do a David Gilmore thing. I'd Jim, pull a... I'd Jim, pull a uh, I'm going yeah. to tell you, every guy, and, and yes, I'll probably get some hate mail in the group. Everybody should have yep. one Strat. Everybody should have a Telecaster, which I, I violate that rule. You don't have a... I don't yeah, have one. Know. I'm violating that rule. Everybody should have a Les Paul alike guitar. So if it's a Les Paul or an SG or something, those sounds are are three sounds you will always should always have in your tool shed. And um, so I honestly, if you wanted to go to the American professional, I'm not going to say no. I think that's I honestly that's where I would go. But that's um, it's completely subjective. You should be able to go to your store and play an American professional. Yeah, I, I was, played I was, Mexicans I, before, and I've had my hands on the player series at Gearfest um, when they were first like yeah, being they, rolled out. Yeah, because they're relatively new to the market. Mm-hmm. A few months. Yeah, yeah they were. They so were. What was your, like what was your feel on the on the player series um, versus the? Honestly, um, they felt just like the older Mexican series. I didn't really see that much difference. I mean. As a guy who plays a lot of strats, it's funny because I can pick up a strat and go, well, that's a strat, you know, <laughs> like yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of how I felt about it. Um, I didn't plug them in and it's okay. not like I could have gotten that level of detail at Sweetwater anyway, because it's, you know, you're out in open air and it's loud and all that kind of fun stuff. But um, if it all just comes down to the pickups for me you're buying better pickups to go to the American series. So if your pickup, what's the difference in price now is it's like, like three or 400. Well, I think they've got a lot of blemished ones. I, I probably get a $500 difference. Okay. Okay. So they're going to be $450 different. That's for pickups. Hard shell case pickups. Yeah. The hard shell case is a toss in. It's, it's for pickups again. Yeah. But I would want a hard shell case. I know Jim, but it's a toss. Uh, I'm just, I'm just saying that's a hundred bucks. I'm going to spend. Okay. Or I'm not hundred dollars on a hard shell case. That's right. And, uh, and $300 on pickups. So I'm, I'm there. I think Plus you can get pickups. So I can get strap pickups cheaper than that. Oh, I thought you said it would be $300. For that's what I'm saying. No, they're saying they're, they're charging you. This is what vendor is charging you. hundred dollars for the hard case. $300 for upgraded pickups. If the pickups aren't the same, I don't, I don't believe they are. Uh, player series pickups. No, I. They're not the same. The the um. It's the V mods. Okay, V mod uh, versus okay. So whatever's right. in the. All right. Yes. Yeah, so, so I would probably go to the. I would probably go to the player series then because it's going to be an upgrade. They, you know, they can pretend like it's not an upgrade, but it, it will be. Uh, I suspect the V mod is probably more aimed at contemporary players. Um, and then yeah, because the, the, the professional is the V mod, the the um, player series has the uh, oh. player series Stratocaster pickups. Oh, Mexican pickups. That's a nice way yeah. of saying that. 
So I would go. Yes, definitely. I would opt for the American if I got the dough. Yeah. Um, so you would opt for the American. Yeah, because if you don't, you're going to end up replacing the pickups anyway. Yeah, I'd re- I'd wind up replacing the pickups, and then and there's little things. I mean, like the quality of the of the hardware and so on and so forth. Yeah, and that's well, if you can call it quality. I I know people love Fender, but Fender gets away with a lot of cheap shit on their guitars. And yeah. I know people. Well, of course, the, you know, one thing that that a lot of people say about Fender is, oh, well, Fender, you know, I could drop it down a, a stairwell, and if I break the neck or the headstock, I can just get a new neck. So it is an easily, it, it's a it's a Lego, you know? Yeah, I know, and I, I don't care about any of that. I mean, unless you're going to be actively modifying the guitar every three days. I'm not exactly. that guy. I never was. I want to play the damn thing. I don't want to have to fucking have it in pieces the whole time I own it. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's so it, the same thing happens in the firearms world, with the AR-15. That's why it's so popular and scares the shit out of so many people. It's because you can modify the crap out of them. Um, and that's why they're super popular. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're any better than anything else. It's like a right. car, you know, that people buy Honda Civics and well, they used to. They used to buy Honda Civics and put all kinds of money into parts and stuff. And it's like, but at the end of the day, yeah. it's still a Honda Civic. Well, you know, the only the only problem I have, so the the whole Fender Professional series is really just the old American standard. You know, it's No, that's exactly what it is. They they rebranded yeah. it because they all right. So Fender is is trying to market to young contemporary people. Okay. Re, read white middle class suburban kids playing in church. All right. Yep. Between the ages of 15 and 35. Right. Right. Um, so they are ditching anything that that calls out the fact that it's either an American or a Mexican guitar because of the ethnic connotations there. Gotcha. That's the way I look at it. And if you don't if you don't believe me, fine, I, I get it. But if you look on their site right now, I'm looking at um, the their site. And when you go in and you dig around. They don't. They don't call out in the, in the name of the guitar the country of origin anymore. And well, this I, one says I both applaud, American professional. Where Where are you looking at? Guitar Center. Yeah, you're not on Fender's site. That's that's my point. Oh, oh so, so Fender's so, not calling it out. Oh no, they're 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 not making a huge deal out of it. Like they're trying to downplay it. That's that's the way I I perceive it, and that's the way that their literature looked at uh, Gearfest and all that stuff. It did not. Yeah, I guess it's in the fine print. If you read in the article, you'll find it, but they're not calling it out the way that they used to. And I think that's because Fender also understands that they're probably going to have to blur the lines between, you know, what's produced here in the States and what's pr- produced in Mexico and Japan. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see some guitars that are in the American lineup with Mexican pickups or, you know, vice versa to try and kind of blend the gap. Um, but what I'm, what I'm, most interested in is the fact that they they rebranded this way and then they also you know said that oh well, well now we can get a price increase as part of this it's like well it's a rebranding nobody's ever gonna i don't know how long this is gonna last honestly i wouldn't be surprised if in two years they don't go back and they say here's the new american standard strat because right. pe- because the industry is so so in tune with it and i know yes they're they're trying to get they're they're doing what my why associations are doing right now Everybody who's a member of my association, it's it's mostly older people who are in management because we're a management company association. So that means that 
Um, we're concerned about our retention rates going forward because a lot of young people are not paying to become members of associations. And I yep. think that's what Fender's concerned about too, is that if they don't market, market to the people that are in the younger generation, they're not going to be able to get that uh, to mainline their guitars into your veins and that they will no longer be as important as a brand. There's a lot of evidence to suggest this because they were talking about, and I've, I've read several articles um, specifically with retail, but and, and music in mind where they're saying that the younger generation doesn't necessarily care about the brand anymore. They don't, they're not as interested in what's on the headstock. And so they'll buy what they like. And that means that Fender has to either figure out a brand that fits them or Fender has to make it so that it doesn't matter what their brand is anymore. And so by losing the Mexican and American and standard and all that stuff, they're kind of differentiating themselves in the way. The other thing is it also gives them an easy entry for people who are new to the instrument. What are you? Are you a player or are you a professional? Right. And then you can right. say, you need the player strat because you're a player. Like you don't, you're not playing on stages and then you play out and you, you make money doing this. Then you need the professional level. It's the same, the same thing that's existed in band instruments and piano and stuff for a really long time. So it's, I mean, it makes sense. Um, yep. I just don't know. I don't know if it really fits um, the market because they're going to sell out their older adult crowd who yeah. is pumping money into the company. And I'm sure they still are. That's what in, they do in favor of Should I say we do in favor of, you know, catering to the younger audience who might not stick with a guitar who may never adopt it. Yeah. I mean, I, we've talked about the, the rise of EDM and stuff. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how that works for Fender long term. I don't. And I don't, I Fender probably, they probably put a lot of money into this to figure out how to, how to make their, their transition. But that's, you know, I just don't know if it works or not. Um, I, yeah. I listen, I play Fender style guitars. I have a soft spot for that company in my heart for designing those instruments. I've played actual Fender guitars for good chunk of my my playing career um as an adult and huh. honestly like i don't want to see them hurt the way gibson does and I, they're they're doing okay now will they be and i huh. i don't want to be the bearer of bad news but it could be everybody in the guitar industry so yeah yeah i mean the thing that that uh, is killing me with fender right now is that there are so many Damn, strats. Yeah, they've always I mean, had that problem, though, Jim. This is nothing new. I know, I know. I'm just saying. It's and, and it's always been. So when you look at a used Stratocaster, you go, hey, and somebody says, yeah, I got a used Stratocaster. You don't know. Well, what the only model thing you is, can it? Actually is it a player strat? Is this a, but the vast they majority, don't know. The vast majority of them were standard strats. Yeah. And that's what's funny is that even though they had all these other series, um, I spoke with a, with a sales rep a long time ago. And I asked him, I said, you know, what series do the best for, for you regionally? And he said, he said, it doesn't matter whether it's regional. He says the guitars that sell are the standards. He's like, people want standard Stratocasters, standard Telecasters. They, and don't, they don't have that. They right now, you've got the American Professional Series. You've got the well, Player that's Series. Just, that's just because they just changed that. They rebranded it, right? The Professional Series is the American the Standard. standard. Yeah. And, and it, it, that's, that's all it is. You know, the, the player series is the Mexican standard. Okay. And so yeah. 
I don't know how that throws all into upheaval now because it's like I just told you, if that's still true, because that was probably 10 years ago, and the Fender rep is, you know, they're going to be they're going to be in trouble because they're going to have people not realizing what they're buying. Right. Could you imagine if you didn't know that the player series? And to be honest, if I was was Mexican made and then you get it and it says made in Mexico on it. Oh, you'd you'd flip your shit. Well, if I was that's what I was just going to say. If I was the guy walking into the store today, that was not, um, you know, oh, I'm in my, I've got my head deep into the gear and I'm always reading about this stuff and that stuff, which I've got some stuff to talk to you about today. Oh, good God. Um, yeah. Uh, that I, I would look at a, you know, if somebody said, you should get a standard. And I walked in one said, one said pro and one says player. And I don't know. Guess what I'm buying? Yeah, you're buying the cheap. I'm buying a player because pro. No, they said to get a standard one. That's a professional. I don't need a professional. Let's let's ask this question, Jim. So, how confusing was it when they had a Mexican standard and an American standard? Yeah how how difficult was that to decide? Well, if you didn't know, you just said, "Guy, need a standard Strat," and they hand you a Mexican one. Yeah, at that point, unless you were, you know, an American standard, um, you're just looking at, well, which one is it? Yeah. So I get it. I mean, I I, I get why they changed the names. I just, I don't know that I it. Do I don't know that it. Since it's a break with tradition, I don't know how it how it affects their sales. Um, right. Maybe it doesn't at all. Maybe they're selling so many Squire Classic vibes now. They just don't even care anymore. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Squire Classic vibe has taken over the the vast majority of their sales and in that same I, category that the Mexican used to. I wouldn't be surprised because at this point, what we have is a lot of YouTube personalities who are the, what do they call that? A person that's the... Influencer. The influencers. They, they are the influencers. Others. And so they're saying... Every day, well, you could get a Harley Bettman just as good. Bullshit. So, well, I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying. There's even people you re- you recognize. We've talked about on the show. It's not, it's not that they said just as good. It's the problem that they said good in the same sentence with a Harley Benton. <laughs> yeah, I know. But you know, I haven't played a Harley Benton. I have no Neither idea. Neither have I. Neither have I. They might be great. Yeah, but I played so, a Shengsei. Yeah, uh, that came and, from the same country of origin. You know, we we have, as we've talked about on the show before, we have seen a shift in quality control coming out of, you know, the Asian markets. Yeah. I got a hollow body that's from China that's great. Now, personally, every classic vibe that I picked up, I picked up several at the store, played, played them acoustically. I didn't plug them in. I was okay with it. I, I didn't hate it. I didn't really like it. I was like, mm, it's all right. It's all right, but I'm not gigging with this thing. I'm not playing this thing every night because the the feel of the neck was uncomfortable. I didn't like the, I don't care which classic vibe it was. It was a, a Telecaster, Stratocaster, you know, whatever. I, I just didn't like them. They were okay. They weren't great. They weren't bad. I would, if somebody said to me, would you get a classic vibe? I wouldn't buy one for me. That doesn't mean it's a bad guitar. That's what I, that's what would be my message. Do you, do you recall which classic vibe you actually had? Just out of curiosity. Um, there was a fifties classic vibe and there was another one that had the, 
because the fifties classic vibe had a completely different neck than the, um, than the one that's the new classic vibe that came out. Yeah. They, they've made some changes. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, you know, Fender guitars are real finicky for string gauges. Yep. And that, and that's a huge part of it. And I, I honestly, they, they are the one company that when you go into the guitar store and you pick up your guitars, they will play like absolute dog shit. They don't, I don't know whether they don't set them up when they send them out or whether when they get them in, they're just, they've been wrecked by transport or what. But I will tell you this, I have played more dog shit fenders in the store (laughs) because they had not been set up than any other guitar on earth. So. Yeah. Now, what do you think of the, um, the Jimi Hendrix, the new, well, relatively new, uh, Fender Jimi Hendrix Monterey Strat. That's the Played affordable one. one. The, 900. the Monterey with the paint job? Yep. Yep. It's got um, the that one I haven't 60s played. 60s wacky, wacky I, paint job. I would buy the the uh, Thomas Blug vintage version of that instead. Yep. So I can get the Wilkinson pickups right out of the gate. Um, I've played the other one with the, the inverted headstock, and it, it didn't do anything for me. And yeah. I'm a Hendrix guy, so... Yeah, that's what I was asking. Well, so my whole thing is like when I play a Strat in the store, and I'm going to be completely honest with our listeners, nine times out of ten, I put it right back on the rack because it's strung with nines. And it just feels like dog shit to me because that's not how I play my guitars. That and the other thing is 99% of what Fender puts out doesn't have big enough frets for me. Mm. Yeah, that's a tough one because I like big frets. I like jumbo frets. Yeah, and and you're going to be looking then because... Um, that's and always the standard, a problem. Yeah, standard used to have jumbo frets. Well, even their even their jumbo fret is not a, a Dunlop sixty one hundred. Yeah, I know. It's so, not as jumbo as it was. Yeah, no, I mean even or even even on the older American standards, their jumbo was not a. It was not a sixty one hundred. It was something yeah. else. So. Yeah, I don't know what the now was. I, now watch everybody in the group be like, no, it wasn't sixty one hundred, and I'm fine. I played. Plenty of guitars with 6,100 frets. Uh, they must be putting uh, glue or something on their fretboards because I can feel a difference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, small frets, for me, small frets don't do... I, I don't know. I guess, I guess some people like them. I honestly don't see the upside of small frets. Uh, well, the upside is that what the, the shop you buy it from will then get the guitar back in to refret it when you wear your frets out faster. Yeah. I'm Very smiling good. and laughing because I'm sure that that's not the design reason behind it. No. It's still funny. It is. Um, All right. So I've got to, I've got to show you something. So this month's guitar world, which came in the mail today, there it is, wait. has got, um, it's actually the Jesus print is so small, December, 2018. Um, honestly, I don't know if I'm going to keep getting, does it have simply world wonder, print. wonder having a wonderful Christmas time in there? Because if it yeah. does, I'm going to go into you know a deep stupor and probably hang myself. Well, one of the things you should notice right there, Greta Fan Fleet yeah. is transcribed. Greta Fan so, Fleet? Greta Fan... <laughs> Greta Van Fleet. I've been up since, since 4.45 a.m. Shut up. Greta Van Fleet um, is transcribed this month, uh, When the Curtain Falls, if those are interested. Um, but what I wanted to open to was... Okay, so going to being being practical, 
Okay, here's a here's a heavy metal band. Behemoth. I didn't even know. Yeah, I didn't even know that people still um, plugged their albums in Guitar World mag, rag, um, which is getting thinner all the time. Can, by the way, can, can I can I say something about this Behemoth ad? So yeah. it's got a guy dressed up with which clearly looks to be like satirical on um, papacy and and Catholic Church, yep. uh, you know, regalia. Um, he's clearly. So this is this is behemoth, right? This is not ghost. So let's make this very clear. Yes. Um, he's borrowing from someone else in terms of yes. his ad. OK. <laughs> yes. And what's killing me. So those who look at these ads, if you if, every time I see these ads, I laugh. Yeah. Because it's like hilarious. this out of shape fat guy who wants to look tough. So they put weird makeup on and moronic clothing and look at me. I'm tough because I'm my, not going to comment on his weight, but, but my it's, shirt but weighs this is, 42 pounds. This is let's, <laughs> let's look very Gothic and look like we're the black Pope, except that the but, black Pope already exists as a band right. member for ghost. We'll, we'll have to concept. link it. I'll find, um, I'll find this and put it in the, in the, um, the, uh, page or the Facebook yeah. page, but check this out. Cause you can go to metalblade.com. It's obviously, obviously metal blade record. If you can read that writing right there, I, commend you so that's all right while we're here because jim and i are let's let's we got <laughs> that is the, that's we're, 52, we're 52 minutes jim but i think we can do this um yes. so a while back one of our listeners dan kish sent us some brutal underground metal stuff yep and yep. jim and i subjected ourselves to listening to it for about a week two weeks and then we let it brew for some so for a while so now we're going to talk about it right so jim I, I know I know what you're going to say, but I'm going to let you go go first. What about the music? Yeah, what do you think? Just oh, overall, yuck. I, I so uh, my thing is this: uh, I'm a vocalist, and I'm in pop music. So you got to understand where I come from. I cannot stand Cookie Monster vocals. I can't stand growling vocals. I can't stand somebody screaming at me. Um, we have a local lawyer. I'm going to go off on a tangent, but there's a reason. We have a local lawyer who has a commercial, and he starts off like this. And I'm going to talk to the insurance company, and I will get you everything that you deserve. So he's like me. Yeah, so by the end of the thing, he's screaming at you. And I'm like, I I honestly would never talk to you. I I cannot It's like having Hitler as a lawyer. Yeah, as much as I think you might get me the maximum amount of money and scare the pants off of the people on the other side of the place. I, you're scaring the piss out of me, and I'm sitting here in my in my living room. You're scaring the piss out of me. So I didn't like it. I didn't like anything of it. I'm not a. Um, I'm also not an amelodic person. So that went past me. Um, I didn't like the vocals. When I can't understand what they're saying, what's the point of having vocals in the first place? I'm just. I don't know. I, nothing about it reached me. All right, as you know. So I've got my iTunes open right here. And yep. uh, I don't know if you can read that or not, but it's entombed. Okay, so I do have Wolverine. some of their stuff now. In yep. my, yeah, it's, it's Wolverine Blues. If you're yep. if you're uh, Ola England, um, yep. but um, so I I there's some stuff that I really liked out of it. I liked um, entombed. I liked. Let's see what else did he put in there? Um, entombed was the big one. Uh, I think there was some emperor in there that was okay. Uh, Cannibal Corpse, 
Some yeah. of the early, early metal stuff he sent us, like yeah. late seventies death metal yeah. type stuff. Like the guitar sounds are just so insanely ridiculous. Yeah. It sounds yeah. like white noise, but I, but I yeah. get it because I listen to, um, I listen to like misfits and stuff like that. So I can deal with lack of production and yeah. that's a like sound. Misfits, it's a sound too. Well, let's put it, let's let me put it this way. I think metal is a dish best served greasy and gross. And so when I hear like somebody like Entombed who doesn't necessarily have the best production value um, or as I said, like Emperor, some of those bands, um, they're great. Like hands down, I'm like, I can do this. However, I do have the same stumbling blocks you do, Jim. I can't follow the vocals. Right. I'm not... (laughs) <laughs> I'm not a big en- I'm not a big enough fan to sit down and like read the lyrics and memorize the songs so they can understand what they're doing. I don't I don't have that kind of time. I just don't. Um but there are bands it, specifically Bugsy's like Entombed, I can understand what they're saying. And actually right. the I think the songs they sent us were off one of their early early records and as they get like Wolverine Blues is one of their later ones, I can understand everything he says. And like the other problem is you have a language barrier in a lot of the stuff. Like Entombed is from, yes. I believe, Sweden. Sweden, so, yeah. There's um, a lot of Swedish metal so there's and death metal band. Yeah. A little bit of a, a language barrier in terms of accent and how they yep. pronounce certain words, and that makes it more difficult. Um, and what their and what their connotation is. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the 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 funny thing is, and I'm supposed to go to my first like real metal show. I'm going to a death metal show with Dan Kish from from the Facebook. Oh, you are. Group. Yeah, I'm gonna go see Cannibal Corpse. Oh God! Well, tell me what you think. Do do wear hearing protection. I will be wearing a lot of hearing protection. I will probably have cotton in my ears along with earplugs because it's It's gonna be awful. But I'm gonna enjoy it. I actually like Cannibal Corpse. I'm sure you will. I I I think there are certain genres of subgenres of metal that I really like. He sent me some Dimo Borgir. I'd heard them before. I'm not a big uh, symphonic metal guy. Part of me, when I listen to symphonic metal, I'm like, why didn't they just do it with guitars? Like, what the fuck? I know. Yeah, me too. But I get, but, but I like the riffs and stuff. I like what they, they give to the, to the orchestra, but I'm yeah. like, why couldn't they done it with guitars? Yeah. So <laughs> and, I don't know what the cost of a full page ad. Oh my God. Is he's still looking at um, guitar world while we're, while we're doing on, this podcast, folks. I, I have to, because I, this is why I was bringing it up. I don't know what the, um, cost of a full page ad is in guitar world right now but i tell you this fender here's two pages okay there's two just to advertise oh one they're marketing guitar, their ass off right now often imitated never, never duplicated. duplicated all right but except by uh, every other fucking company on earth to the to the new player series jaguar okay new pickups blah 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 often imitated never duplicated the new stratocaster Full two-page ad. That's four pages. Um, anybody who's been on sixty-cycle hum sees that this ad is actually a duplication of what they call Kyle Smithing over there. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. You guys so, have made it. You've made so it. You've you've made it. You're famous. This guy is Kyle Smithing his guitar or girl because you can't really tell because the hands I, are. I had Kyle Smith before it was popular. Two. <laughs> yeah, I Kyle. That's Smith why. That's my claim to fame. All right. <laughs> Check this out. Here's another two pages. Now we're at six pages. Um, play something different. The California series um, Malibu Player. It's an acoustic. 
I've never heard anyone say, oh, I love my Fender Acoustics. So those who love their Fender Acoustics, go ahead and chime in. And the other, the other full page ad, hold on, I'm not even nowhere near done. The effects pedals. Well, another yeah. full page ad, all their effects pedals. Original design. So basically Fender what you're Tone. telling me is that Fender owns Guitar World now. Hold on, yeah. This month, okay, here we go again. The GT series, they're oh still trying God. to push those freaking shitty All right, amps. Tim, I get the point. All right. No, wait, wait, we're not no! done yet. No! There's more. Okay, we're on the last Ukuleles! page. Ukuleles! Ukuleles! This is a ukulele. A full page ad for the new Fender Ukuleles, which, by the way, um, uh, I watched that another, looks like um, that belongs in Abercrombie and Fitch catalog, not in a guitar well, magazine. It does. If you look at this ad, it looks like Abercrombie and Fitch. It looks like uh, a Benetton ad. Well, it looks like Abercrombie um, and Fitch, except for the underage girls. <laughs> I don't know if that's an underage girl or an underage. No, no, no. Guy. I'm saying Abercrombie and Fitch likes to put you know preteens in their stuff and dress them up oh, in lingerie. Okay. Yeah, they do. Those are kind of weird things. They're, they're a fucking creepy ass organization. Um, but oh. here's the thing. Um, it's the Venice Soprano Surf Green. Um, but here's the thing. So one of the other um, YouTube channels I watch, uh, what does that come up to? Ten, ten pages? No, it's either, too, either ten too pages. fucking many anyway, is what it is. It's too many. But anyway, there's where your money's going. Um, yep. <laughs> your advertising dollars being spent. Well, because um, I don't know how many people Guitar World's reaching these days. But anyway, um, what I was what I was saying about that is uh, on another channel I saw there um, one of, a lot of the mom and pop stores the biggest selling item right now is ukuleles that's oh, their big money maker oh I know um, so I, I'm not poo pooing the ukulele ad I'm just saying that Fender's jumping in those who think that Fender ukuleles are something that no you're that's, a, that's what I'm saying like a Fender ukulele is fine I don't care about that. It was just the style of advertising they used, which was like, oh, yeah. it was like, where is this, is this an Aeropostale or whatever the hell the name of that place is? Now, now I'm being, yeah, Aeropostale, yeah. yeah. That's where and I course, would expect to see this ad, you know? Of course, Mesa Boogie's in there with their uh, film uh, <clears throat> Do they mention the 25 in this magazine. ad? No, they could have put the 25 in here. They didn't even bother. The 50 is listed, but not the 25. I kind of, I was 25 like, will be in the next <laughs> month. Yeah. But no, the fifty one by twelve and the two by twelve cab and blah 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 blah. They do have a cool um, interview with Andy Summers. Speaking yeah. of Strat players um, and Tele players, he's a Tele guy. He's definitely a Fender guy. He's a Tele guy more than anything. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I, I just wanted to bring that up because, um, and of course, this old picture of Lenny Kravitz on the back talking about how he only plays Tortex guitar. Or I mean, uh, picks. can you move your thumb? I want to see if his dick's hanging out. Nope, no weeder. Although that <laughs> did happen. Uh, so one of my one of my um, Facebook friends is a uh, um, is was his bass player, his live bass player at that time. That was real. Um, but it's funny because last night after the band, um, you know, we were taking break at at the end of the night, um, and everybody was driving home, and there was just a couple of us sitting around um, talking shit and drinking a beer. We talked about this song. Right here. Uh, boom, boom, out goes the lights. Fuck, from Pat Travers. Pat Travers. And then this shows up today. Pat Travers' Boom, Boom, Out Goes the Lights. Not, and my favorite, not my favorite player, but I like some of this stuff. To get the sound on the cheap for Pat Travers, 
Here's here's what made me laugh. And I know you're going to laugh through this, but let me read all four all pieces right, of right, here. Right. Here you go. Sound you of the cheap. A, you can use an Epiphone vintage G400. Hold on, Dave, because you can't keep going. You got to let me get all the way through because I know Fuck. you want to go after that. Oh, a my Marshall God. DSL 20 CR. I, I got to keep a straight face. Electro harmonics, Lester K stereo rotary speaker and an ADA PBF flanger. That's how to get the tones of boom, boom, out go the lights for, on the cheap. Now, anybody who's ever heard Pat Travers and the live version of boom, boom, out go the lights. By the way, that's the live version that they're showing. It's off of um, no before you go, right? It's off of. Um, yeah, I think that's yeah. Um, something for what you know. Oh, go for what you know. What did go I say? No, before you, know. you that's go. It. That's a document yeah. we do at work. <laughs> yeah, go for it's go, go for, for what, what you know. know. Yeah, and if you've ever heard this, that's song, the seminal album from him. So, crem- yeah, um, I know. I, um, incredible player. I got to meet him a long time ago. Um, probably ten, he's twelve years of, ago. He's kind now. of a rough guy, from what I understand. Yeah, yeah. A friend of mine um, was his uh, was his co guitar player, so I was there as his guitar tech. Okay. So um, I got to hang. And uh, anyway, um, killer, killer player. And my friend was playing, believe it or not, through an HD five hundred. Yeah, I believe it that. was. A, it was a pod. Um, and was, was he on the, was he on Amps and Axes? Because one of Pat Travers's long-term guitar players was on Amps and Axes, and I believe he was using a Pod HD. Yeah, it's a possibility that that might have been him. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a pretty cool show. But anyway, I can't imagine that gear. At first, the Epiphone G four hundred, because I know how much you love that guitar. I don't. Is he playing slide? Because <laughs> that's the only thing you could use oh. that thing for. Oh. If you I'm, kid- that, uh, I'm kidding, Jim. I know he's not fucking playing a slide. Come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm sitting here now remembering the song. Da, 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 yeah, da, you're da, like, da, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> he was doing a Stevie Wonder and everything. His head was going side to side. It was it was pretty amazing, folks. Um, oh, yeah. I, I just, Epiphone G400. The DSL 20, okay. I wouldn't say combo. Um, yeah, 20 CR. I mean, well, they're going on rotary the speaker. On the cheap, yeah. I mean, how much are they talking here? Because, well, yeah, the rotary speaker there. So the rotary, which is a pedal, an effects pedal, going through the 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 problem isn't the rotary effect. The problem is, can the rotary effect come through on a Marshall DSL? Yeah, if you if you put it in the loop, it'd be fine if you put it in the loop, but. It you know, I'm not a so I'm not I I'm just saying will it give you a true rotary feel? No, because you have no fucking stereo. You have no stereo, that's what I'm saying. I, I think I was just gonna say that actually, Jim. That rotary yeah. effects are pretty much useless unless, unless you actually have uh, stereo. It'll give you the EQ curve of a rotary thing, and it'll be kinda like a phaser. Right. You know, we were talking at the beginning of this episode, and I, we're we're getting towards the end. Um I wanna I wanna circle back because yeah. we were talking about pedals that sound good in the effects loop. Right. Um, and I and I had immediately thought of this one, but I didn't but I didn't call it out because I didn't want to interrupt you. So phase 90. Right. Everybody yep. likes the script logo. You put it out in front of the amp. You turn it on, turn the thing yep. all the way down and you're at Van Halen. Right. 
Yep. Um, if you have never had the chance, so they did the block logo for a number of years, right? Um, I'm not sure when those were reissued, but it's not really a reissue. And I'll, and I'll tell you how I actually got, it was supposed to be used and why it's different. <laughs> the block tone or the, the block logo MXR yep. phase 90 had a different set of internals because it yep. was designed to match effects loops. And it sounds good in an effects loop, almost like a rotary speaker. Yep. Where the phase 90, like traditional script logo version sounds better in front of the amp. That's my takeaway. So that's, and that's one of those situations where um, when I was having a conversation with somebody, uh, I think it was a store owner about that pedal. He said that people don't understand how to use a lot of the modern effects and like the modulations and delays and reverbs and all these things are not meant to be run in front of the amp. And so you get people running around saying this pedal sucks, but yeah, because they're putting it in front of the amp. Because I remember people talking about that block logo phase 90 and being like, it's a piece of shit. Like, yep. it's terrible. Well, no, not for what it's intended to be used for. It's definitely not a script logo phase 90 from the 70s. Right. Um, and, yeah, so, I mean, I get that argument, but it doesn't mean it's bad. And it's definitely usable. So, yeah. as Jim thumbs through his magazine here, is there anything else? I, you saw the FU Tone black brass block. I was just I was just reminding. Oh, now they also have fucking reviews of Fenders in there too, huh? Yeah, of course, of course they've got to review the Fenders because Fender um, paid them a file. They have to they have to give them all those gold stars too because this thing the retro reviver the Fender American original '60s Jazzmaster. Yeah, and they got to get a gold star because they bought every fucking ad in the magazine. Yeah, so you got always got to wonder. I mean, when they give them, you know, first of all, this is a two thousand dollar street price guitar uh, versus the player series, which is the one the ad was for. Um, and you know, you really, really, I mean, they give them a performance award, but I, I just don't, I, I don't see any of these guitars being worth two grand. Just don't see it. Not my. Maybe it's because I'm not. It's not my thing. I'm a, I'm, I kind of agree with you, Jim. I don't think mo- your typical bolt-on guitar with um, pop metal bridge, or maybe yeah, the bridge plate's fine, but the the block is pop metal, and um, you know plastic nut, uh, non-locking tuners, that kind of thing, is yep. not worth two grand. No. I see an Ibanez AZ with stainless steel frets, titanium mm-hmm. bridge, locking yep. tuners, uh, you know, baked maple neck with with some sort of oil and uh that kind of thing. I can see that being a two thousand dollar guitar. And that's right. bolt on. And I, I don't bolt on has nothing to do with it, and that's kind of my point. It has a lot to do with fit, finish, and selection of materials. And Fender has not really necessarily been known for selecting the best of materials. So, right. Two thousand bucks. You're paying for a name. You're paying for those ten ads in that. I and I <laughs> think you're paying for the um, the temporary popularity of the of that type of guitar right now. Yeah, and it goes in cycles. Like so, when Fenders are hot, Gibsons don't sell very well, and then all of a sudden, somebody like Slash comes out, and everybody starts buying Gibsons again. 
And then it just like every every eight or nine years, it like flips back and forth. So right now, Gibson's in a shitty rut. And because they have so much capital wrapped up in both third party businesses and their own fucking R&D mistakes, they're yep. that's why they're there where they're at right now. And hopefully the new CEO, whoever that may be, will be able to sort that out. So when it when they are back on top, they can store all that money away like squirrels. And then hopefully actually leverage it into making the company function when they're in the shitter. So, all right. So before we close one last um, question for you, Mr. Stratocaster. No. Um, yep. All right. So the fender, uh, um, well, the fender professional or the fender elite, the elite series or the professional series. If Which I, one would you for, for me, if it was you, for if me and what, you, and what I and the music I make, or if I was playing the music you're going to do, if right? you're going to play the the style of music um, that that I would be doing, would uh, I would. Elite? I don't think I would buy the elite. I think the elite's too much money. So eighteen hundred or nineteen hundred dollars. Yeah, whatever. and the, the elite has so it has a ton of features that like are more contemporary. Yeah. So I don't think you necessarily need contemporary. So you would go with the, uh, yeah, I would, I would go with the American professional, the professional, sorry, the Fender professional series. Wink, wink. Yeah. Because wink, wink, nudge, nudge, because, American standard. <laughs> you know, I, I want to, I, I do want to say this. I, we try to avoid being political on this podcast as much as possible, but like, I'm not saying that it's right or wrong to label a guitar based on its country of origin and that's racist or not racist. I'm just saying that there are connotations that get applied to that, which probably are driving some offenders marketing decisions in terms of how they do that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think so too, because the, the Mexican um, series got a bad rap. Um, well, for a short time, but honestly into the nineties, the, the, the Mexican series has stood the test of time. Yeah. People are still buying them. They're buying and selling on the used market. The prices have actually gone up on the used market over the years. Yeah. This- um, the Squire started out in Mexico. So, you know, there's been... A Squire started out in Japan. Well, it started in Japan, but I mean the, the low-end Squire. I thought that was Korea in the very, they, very beginning. Yeah, they made a... they made Because um, I didn't know this either. I was like, Squire was made in Mexico? Really? They and did I a short run of Squires in Mexico, like in between, I think. Yeah, where they were taking their production out of Japan and bringing it to Korea. Japan. Yeah, because of the squires that were made in Japan. Let's not let's not compare them to the squires that are made in Indonesia. Yeah, I know, but I mean, they still fit the same part of the line, which is the budget and expensive stuff. Right. So. Japanese made fenders are awesome. Yep, they are. Uh, I've had <laughs> no, I've actually never owned one. I got back. I've owned Japanese made Charvel, which yeah. was not Fender at the time. Yeah. All right. Yep. Uh, I have been David. I have been Jim. <laughs> <laughs>